It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Hey everyone, welcome back to Tactical Magic. This is Molly Mandelberg, your host, and I have been trying to get this man on my podcast for, I think, a whole year now. Um, basically, when I met Santi, we were at a van life gathering. We were sitting around by the fire, and within two or three minutes, um, we had dropped into what was one of the deeper conversations that I had had in weeks or months. And I immediately wanted to get him onto my podcast to open up a conversation that I think hasn't been as widely spoken to or um, opened up in conversation enough. And that's why I'm really excited to have him here. Luckily, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm on a yoga ball, which means that you can see my excitement um, because I can't help but bounce a little bit. But let me just tell you a little bit about Santi. Santi Katuri is a neuroscientist, software engineer, leader in, men, in men's work and relationship coach. He lived a very comfortable life in San Diego, but for whatever reason, still felt unhappy. So he sold everything he owned, moved into a Volkswagen van, and spent two and a half years traveling around North America in search of meaning, purpose, and joy. Sounds familiar. He found what he was looking for through meditation, men's work, romance, and adventure. He brings his knowledge and experience to help men and women unblock their minds and unlock their potential in life and love. He coaches men, women, and couples through the challenges of their relationship. Welcome, Santi. So glad you're here. Yeah, thanks, Molly. It's great to be here. Yeah, I can't believe it's been a year, but uh, better late than never. Well, things have to gestate and things have to come out into the world at their perfect birth date. And you've been working hard, writing an amazing um, ebook that I actually downloaded and haven't finished yet, but I read partway through it and it's amazing. Would you tell us a little bit more about, you know, you were in San Diego and things were going great, but you just weren't happy. Like what was the sort of transition that happened that made you realize that you were ready to do deeper work? Yeah. I mean, I think I, um, it, you know, I, looking back now, it's obviously it's an, I've kind of gotten to the place where it's a pretty succinct or kind of logical journey, but it was not that at the time. Um, you know, I, I had a great job. I had a great group of friends. I had lots of activities in San Diego. Um, and, but there was just, you know, if I look back and honestly reflect on it, I wasn't very happy. Like there were clear times where I was just really sad, um, kind of borderline depressed, but highly functional still. And, and I, I, I had felt like I'd worked very hard all through high school and college and I got a job and I was building a career and it was like, okay, these are the things that as a man, if I get these things, then I'll be happy is kind of what I'd been told. And I was just like, okay, I'm at, I'm at the end of the rainbow. Where's the pot of gold? Like I want the thing that I was promised in a way. And it just wasn't there. And I was just miserable. And, and so I, yeah, I just decided that I needed to do something. And this was when like hashtag van life was kind of like just taking off. And I was sitting in my office, just like, uh, just seeing these like amazing adventures. And, you know, I would go out every weekend. I was a weekend warrior for years and years. Um, and I finally was just like, you know what? 
no, let's just do this. Let's just go and figure out what's out there. Um, and yeah, I started meditating on my, on my journey. That was kind of the first step. Um, cause I was alone a lot living in a van at the beginning. I didn't know anyone. I didn't do the meetups. I didn't do anything. I was like very much on a, on a solo journey. Um, and then, yeah, then I, I started meeting some people and started connecting with people on the road a lot, which was great. And then, um, and then I met my partner, uh, <laughs> and we sort of started this pretty awkward relationship where I was still in a van and she wasn't. And, um, you know, like there was, there was clear chemistry at the beginning, but, um, all of my old stuff that I was kind of running away from in a way, I didn't know it at the time. Um, it all just like landed on me. And, and I, I, I remember this one conversation where she, we were both in some sort of argument and, and then she went and she like talked to this wait, women's circle about the problems she was having with me. And then she came back and she was like, you know, she had some clarity or like comfort. And I was just like, what's a women's circle? Like, <laughs> are there, are, are there men's circles? I should probably get one of these because it seems like this is helping you a lot. And so I just jumped online and I like did my, my pretty heavy nerd some good at finding things on the internet and found this like online men's work and it was part of this thing called the samurai brotherhood and um and i watched some yeah i found some videos of like this one guy ben and i was just like okay let's just do this and i emailed him immediately and um their group is actually full but i was just like so determined to get in um and so he let me into this group and then from there it just like blew me open and that was kind of that was my sort of journey from like not having an idea what the inner work was like what anything what it was like to look inwards at all was like I had no idea in San Diego and then my van just kind of gave me the opportunity to like start opening in a way and then men's work just blew me open yeah and yeah that's my that's my hero's journey. Yeah, I love it. I love it because it's so uh, real and true. And I think a lot of people could probably resonate with where they're at in some part of that journey. Like, I know things aren't making me happy. I'm ready to make a change. Or, you know, I started meditating, but I don't quite have all the answers. Or like, I love my partner so much, but I don't know how to navigate this conversation. And neither of us have that clarity. And what's amazing is that you recognize through her having a support system that there might be a support system out there for you that could bring the same clarity or that could bring that level of, you know, awareness that you just didn't have before. So over the years that you've been or the time that you've been participating in men's work and actually like studying because I love how much of a geek you are and that you can figure things out and do the research and actually learn stuff. I've, I am that kind of person very much as well. And that's how I've discovered my own path towards healing practices and dealing with my own stuff and unpacking the things that were making me depressed and unhappy so that I could be happy and feel fulfilled. And it's funny, I was just driving from Oregon to Colorado this past weekend and just in the middle of absolutely nowhere, riding along in my van with my dog next to me and just beaming and like giggling about how much I I'm enjoying the feeling of being alive. And that's not something that I had access to a few years ago. 
So there's so much beauty and it's not just, I fell in love and now I'm in this amazing relationship and it's not just, I made money and I can do this thing. It's those in-between moments where we realize that we can actually exist at a higher level of joy than we had before. So what I'd love, I don't want you to like spoil your book because I think people should totally read your book and I don't want people to think that they can just bypass the journey for themselves, but what have been some of the like key lessons or learning moments or like elements that you discovered that helped you sort of, I don't know, unwind, unpack? Um, yeah, I think a huge, a huge part of it was that I think my meditation practice sort of made me I was used to examining my own mind in a way, um, but it was it was always a what I would call like a, a heady practice. I was always like thinking about my thoughts, um, but I wasn't really connected to my heart or my body. Like I definitely existed from the neck up, um, which I think most men can identify with the, the territory down here and the feelings and the um, and the stuff that goes on in our bodies. Like we're we're not super comfortable down there. Um, and I know I wasn't. Uh, so a huge part of, of my journey, and my partner, of course, is very embodied. She, <laughs> um, and so I, I think one of the key teachings that I um, have learned in my journey is that we're often attracted to people who represent things and parts of ourselves that are kind of missing or that we, um, we kind of look for in ourselves and they're not there. And so when we see it in someone else, that's almost that to me, that's sort of like the magic of attraction um, is that there's this like magical pull towards this person. Um, and it, to me, that kind of explains why we're attracted to some people and not others is that like, there's something about this person though. And your friends are like, yeah, but like he has all these red flags. What are you doing? And you're like, no, 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 but you don't get it. Like there's something about him. Um, and so I think that's where a lot of relationships start. And then from there, you, you know, there's, there's beauty there, and, but there's also like a lot of potential for pain because, you know, you start to see this person is really outgoing and maybe you're more of an introvert. And so you start to like resent them in a way when you, um, when you enter the, into this power struggle where you're both kind of like pissed off at each other. Um, and I think the beauty of conscious relationship and what's possible when you start to like analyze your own patterns and your own way of being in love and relationship is that you have then have an opportunity to change and to grow when you realize that like, Hey, the thing that I love about this person, I actually need to like change myself in order, you know, like they can be my teacher. Um, and that's not a threat and that's not like a, a big scary thing. Um, but I, I think, that that's, that's, that's one part. The second part is like, um, why is, you know, I look around and I'm like, okay, I'm new to this world as a man, but there's so many women out here doing this work, right? Like why, why are men not doing this? Um, and I think there's something particularly challenging for men around, um, you know, to, in order to look inward, in order to like think about yourself, you, you do in a way have to acknowledge that you're not perfect um, and that you're not, you know, all there. You're, you don't have everything figured out in a way. And I think that we're going through a paradigm shift in culture where men, the definition of masculinity and strength used to be this ability to just put your head down and just work and grind and not think too much because 
we didn't have the ability to like food wasn't a given on the table and secure like all of these sort of like hierarchy of needs if we you know if we're familiar with that idea um like it's it's sort of <laughs> like there's a new paradigm which is that like vulnerability is strength and the ability to actually say like i'm not okay and that's okay um is that's a fundamental change and i think um and I think women have a much easier time admitting that. I think they're much more open with each other. <laughs> um, this stuff comes much more naturally, I think, to women. Um, and it, it's deeply, I've talked to a lot of women about this. We're like, why won't my partner like do this? Like, I really want them to like, he, I see it. I see it in him. I like, I just want him to just see it for himself. And I think it's really helpful um, to see that for men, this is, deeply threatening um there's a part of like do we break up for a second we good okay. cool okay um yeah and i think you know if so many of the men that i work with they hit rock bottom um and that's why they were able to get into this work is because they um they were finally just like okay, I have to try something. Um, and I, you know, I, um, yeah, I just think it's, uh, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot more barriers for men to get into this work, uh, but it's happening. And I think we're, we're definitely starting that journey. Yeah. I love that you speak to that. It's deeply threatening because I think any vulnerability when you're used to having to put on the show of I have it all figured out and I've got it together and like I'm fun to hang out with and isn't that enough? And then, you know, the truth in the dark moments when we're alone with ourselves or when we're really battling with um, whether or not we feel fulfilled in our lives or in our relationships is, isn't it better to try something new than to keep the face, you know? to keep the facade up and keep the front going that things are all together. I know for my personal experience, even though it's easier for women to dive into this work, the ego is very much designed to keep itself intact and to keep itself looking good. And if we were just willing to stop looking good and actually be ourselves, not only do we more easily connect with other people around us, which immediately makes our lives more fulfilling and makes healing more accessible, but we have the ability to actually access more of ourselves, to access more joy, to access more creativity and more productivity and just come to life from such a different angle. Um, but I agree with you. It sucks, but it's probably true that it's easier to hit rock bottom and then choose to go into this work than to just say, hey, I'll just try this. When you look around as a man and you see that no other men are doing this work, that's what requires men. I think we're kind of on like, the, we're sort of on like the, the tip of the, or the, I don't know, it, there's something new happening, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and so in that sense, the men who are do, doing the work right now or have been doing the work for the last 10 years, they're the people who kind of hit rock bottom. But I think that's changing. And I, I hope by sharing this work with others, it'll create an environment where other men will see other men doing it. And then it won't be as threatening. Because yeah. it'll be like, oh, wow, I really can be a great partner and have tons of great male friends. I think there's a lot of like, you know, men are kind of insular and, um, you know, there's this like threat of being like, 
judged by your other male friends for like, oh wow, you're, you're doing this. Like, it's, it's sort of like systemic codependency. It's like, if one man in the group starts to look at himself, then, you know, the other men in the group will maybe criticize him because they're like, hey, I don't want you looking at your stuff because that might make me look at mine. Right. And, and so it's easier if we all just as a group, just stick our heads in the ground. Um, and, but yeah, I think just your point of like, it's, we're not doing the work because we love doing work. Um, I mean, some of us do, but we're really doing the work because it makes us happy and it unlocks this like huge new potential in, in us to love and create and experience joy in all the little moments of life. And, um, yeah, it, it really is like, it benefits, um, men and women and everyone. Um, totally. Yeah. I think that's a testament to, to the potency of this work is that most people who dive into it don't just dive into it and then hate it. We dive into it and then we can't like get enough of it. And I don't think that's because we're perpetual seekers. I think that's because we got a glimpse of a shift in our reality. And once we know that one shift is possible, suddenly that opens up our horizons to like how much more could possibly change if we were willing to go a little deeper, ask one more question or like open up in a new way again, what more could even show up in our realities in every different facet in every different way. So, I mean, I'm personally very much addicted to the personal growth and transformation space and like focus on daily self-actualizing and transforming and transcending and becoming the best version of myself. And that doesn't mean that everyone should do it. But I think if people aren't hooked on it, it's because they haven't got a hit of it yet. And so I would love to know first, you know, first, what would you like to say to the men who maybe know that something else could change or life could be a little better or, you know, that it's time for something new to come into their lives? What would you say to that, to those men, to those people? Yeah, I would just say to listen to it. Like it's there for a reason. Um, there's something that's coming up in you. Um, nothing comes up in you that isn't ready to come up in a way. Um, so if something's coming up, that means you're ready um, in a way. And yeah, to listen to it, to seek help. Um, so, so much of this work is you almost have to do it in a circle of men um, because you need like the reason that you don't do this work, or the reason that men don't do this work is usually because the ego, the part of us, the part of our mind that is there to protect us um, says, I will be abandoned. I will be um, ridiculed. I will be made fun of for doing this work. Um, if I were to expose the vulnerable parts of myself, society, or, you know, I will be rejected. Um, and so in that sense, getting a group of men, and actually exposing your mind, exposing your beliefs, your fears to a group of men whose purpose is to hold you in that. And to then say like, thank you for you know, sharing that like deep part of yourself. You know, you feel like you're alone, but you're not because I also feel that way. And the other nine men sitting in the circle feel the same way that you feel. You know, we've all had thoughts of, of suicide or of feeling alone or of, you know, not wanting to, partake in something like we all do no one's actually alone even though the ego wants to make us feel alone um in in many ways so 
yeah, if you're feeling the call, listen to it, seek out a group of men. Um, you, you almost can't do this work alone. So I think it's really important to, um, and I, I also don't know that it's really possible to do a lot of this work with women. Um, you know, I think a lot of men are introduced to this work through their female partners or through the women in their life. And there can be, because women have such a huge head start in this world, um, and all the books were written by women, a lot of them were, and a lot of the circles are being run by women and stuff. There's a lot of, there's totally a ton of growth that can be done um, with women, but there's also a lot that does need to be done um, with, with men. And, and there's yeah. something really beautiful about that. I think men taking a stand for other men and showing up and saying, yeah, I did the work, but now I want to show other men that this is possible too. I think just that I know how much um, potency there's been for me just being witnessed in my own growth and my own process and my own journey from people who weren't a part of it and got to see me as a new self and also for people in the moment when something was cracking open in me and getting to be held in that space of it's safe to be exactly where you're at right now and this is scary and this is hard and you're going to come out on the other side and I'm going to hold you here, not necessarily physically holding me, but I'm going to hold you in this space until we reach the other side of it because you're safe here. And for men to not have a safe space like that, or let me rephrase that, for men to show up and do this work and then create that container for other men, I think is one of the most beautiful things. It kind of makes me want to cry. But that the mentorship, the witnessing, the support, and just getting to prove to men who thought this wasn't a way of being that was allowed or that was okay or that was powerful and getting to see powerful fucking men holding space for each other like that is such a beautiful thing. I have some friends who grew up and their moms or their school or I don't know what, but they grew up in Ashland and did Mankind Project when they were like teenagers. It was like they maybe didn't have great fathers or they didn't have like great father figures or men mentors in their lives. And then this community support, this men's work group shows up in their town to support them and teach them how to be men before they were really even formed as people. And to this day, like they're powerfully creative people, but they're more grounded and able to like connect and like chase their dreams and like be solid human beings willing to look at their stuff if their stuff still comes up than any other men that I've come across. And when I started to realize that those were the men that had done men's work, I was like, oh my God, why don't more people know about this? Or if they know about it, like, why isn't it easier to get access to? Okay, so that was telling men what's possible, how to know it's time to get into that work. What about for the majority of the people probably listening to my podcast, because my audience is generally more uh, female identified, what would you say to the women out there who wish for their men to be doing men's work or want to make sure that they um, are a good support system? What do we need to know to support our men and how do we navigate the conversation of inviting them to, to try men's work? Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, first of all, I just want to thank you for saying what you just said there. It's, it's beautiful. And yeah, seeing, especially for men to be able to show up for young, you know, teenage boys. Um, and I mean, do the work, do the work for you, but do the work for your son. Like that's who you're really doing it for. And when you can get to that level of this isn't about me anymore so much as it is for 
my gen, my, my son's son. So, and, <laughs> and your daughter and your nieces uh-huh. and your nephews and for them to have woken up. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, it, then it's all of a sudden, um, the ego just starts to melt away in a bit when you start to realize that you're part of a much bigger, bigger thing. And the ability to give just makes it so much more powerful. Like do your work so that you can heal yourself in your relationships and then turn around and give that to the world. And, um, you know, I'm in a place now where I'm starting to lead and facilitate these circles with men. And because I've been given (laughs) these gifts and I dug and did my own work. Um, and I can tell you like that is magic being able to give, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a true gift. Um, but yeah, to your question of what can women do? I think, you know, being patient, but not too patient, um, be firm, but not too firm by that. I mean, like you, yeah, it's just really important to, to know that like, okay, this is really challenging for, for men to enter into. Um, and you know, that, that doesn't make it an excuse. It's not like, you can just go on and never, you know, look at this stuff and just for years and years and years, just like, Oh, well, he'll do his work one day. Um, like in that way, he's never, I mean, I don't want to be like too forceful, but like, he's not going to change unless he really feels a little bit of pressure to do it. And men do respond really well to a challenge. Um, you know, women I think well lots of women do but a lot of women don't like love being like you know (laughs) pushed into something in a way but if it can be framed as like a loving challenge um not as like I need you to do this and you're bad if you don't but like hey this is really cool and I think you would benefit and you know you know um yeah just like making it an invitation more than a challenge um but also having a little bit of fire under it um, can be really, really helpful for men. Um, And knowing that like, you're not going to judge him for it. I think one of my experiences and a lot of other men starting off when we start to like under, you know, uncover the like basics of this work, we get really excited and we want to share with our partners who did this work 10 years ago. And she's like, yeah, welcome to the party. (laughs) (laughs) Don't discount. um, Yeah. So just being willing to like, you know, really experience and join him on his journey. And he is just starting off probably um, and celebrate the little wins and hold space for him on, on at that place. I mean, challenge them, but don't challenge them and be firm, but don't be firm. I think it's going to be different depending on every situation, but just that we as women can know this work is possible encourage more men to participate in it and you know not to say ultimatums I don't think ultimatums are a good practice in relationships but to be as encouraging and uh, acknowledging and celebrate with them when they do make strides forward for themselves because it's really not about us I mean everyone's journey is their own journey and it's about people getting to a place of self-actualization and joy. And I keep throwing around that buzzword, but it's really just about recognizing we have the power to create our lives and be in the driver's seat and stop letting those voices that are telling us not to or making us wrong or those 
friend voices that are saying we need to stay stuck to fit in and make sense to everyone else around us that at some point we can take charge and actually feel better in our lives and have more connection and have more joy and have more income because sometimes that's related too. Um, Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your book and why would somebody want to read it? Who's it for? Yeah. So I wrote a book. Um, I'm allowed to swear. Absolutely. Okay, cool. It's called what the fuck is inner work and it is a complete guidebook for men. So it is not a deep dive. Um, but I wanted to write a short book that just helped give men a lay of the land, um, in a sense. So it's kind of like a map. Uh, these are the big overarching topics of inner work. This is what it looks like. This is why we want to do it. Um, I use a lot of analogies that are a little bit more masculine They're about computers and file systems and stuff. <laughs> um, so I try and um, make it really lightweight, really accessible. Um, I try not to get too deep in the weeds in the spirituality or the psychology um, because I find that can just turn men off pretty quickly. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a, a really light, simple read. Um, but it's also really powerful. There's some parts in there that'll just really can, um, open a a guy's mind up pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, it's for any man who is interested in, in this kind of work, but doesn't want to like order 15 books that are 400 pages long, um, that can feel a little bit like stumbling through the weeds. Uh, this is just like a, a primer in a sense. Um, get your feet wet, see what it's about. Totally. Get the lay of the land. I think it does a really great job of like overview. Here's the like mechanics of how inner work can work, why you'd want it, what I've experienced from it. And like the fact that it's not that taboo to be a man and actually want to look at your shit. Totally. Yeah. And it combines like neuroscience research with psych, with meditation. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a little, I, I have a background in like hard sciences or whatever. So I bring a little bit of that to the table as well. Um, and it can also be, you know, for women who are interested in kind of understanding men's work and understanding how things might be different for, for the men in their lives. Um, it can be really helpful for women too, who are interested in just kind of, yeah, getting, getting their feet wet in men's work as well. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I started reading it. It's amazing. People definitely check it out and it's Santi Katuri, which you probably can't spell dot com slash tactical magic. If you want to check it out, we're going to have the link to that in the show notes mm-hmm. for you. So if you can't spell it that, uh, you don't have to. And if you're listening to this and you're like driving and you're like really want to write it down, it's S-A-N-T-E-K-O-T-T-U-R-I.com slash forward slash tactical magic. Um, and will you just tell us a little bit about the men's work too? We're out of time, but I want to know, you know, how many men do you usually have in a group? How does someone get on the phone with you or find out about joining the group? What's the best way to do that? Should they just go to your website or? Um, yeah, go to my website or um, find me on Instagram and just shoot me a message. Uh, there's a bunch of men's groups out there in, in the U.S. and North America and around the world um, that are really good um, that all do this. You know, it's sort of a mix of inner work and then some in-person groups do a lot more like, um, yeah, just like creating actual circles of men to really build a lot of like masculine fire and sit around and like really... Um, you know, there's, there's the inner work side, but there's also the like accountability 
and leadership and a lot of other traits that um, can be really helpful for men to support each other in. That is also part of men's work. Um, yeah. yeah, just reach out. Um, you know, there's, I'll just shoot a couple. Samurai Brotherhood is the one that I'm part of. They're based in Vancouver, but they have an online division um, for people who are not in Vancouver. Um, Sacred Sons, Man Talks. Um, yeah, there's a couple others, but those are the, those are the ones that are like really, really great. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. I love that we finally got to have this conversation and for anyone out there who knows that more is possible and maybe wants to look at their relationship through the lens of inner work and men's work, definitely get a hold of Santi and, um, what's your Instagram handle? It's Santi Katuri on Instagram, huh? S-A-N-T-E-K-O-T-T-U-R-I. Awesome. And he's got some amazing photography also in addition to being great at inner work um, and a very cute dog and a beautiful girlfriend. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show today. And for anyone out there, please go follow Santi on Instagram and check out his website and his book. And, um, yeah, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please subscribe or rate or review the show, share it with a friend, maybe send it to that ex-boyfriend that you think needs to hear it. Ha ha. Um, and we'll catch you next week on another episode of Tactical Magic. Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical 